Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am Sabrina talking today with Vicki. And we're really concerned with appearances. Oh, we are. I mean, it's just all, but truth is, Vicki and I are both having good hair days today. We were just <laughs> talking about it before we hit record for the session. It's all about appearances, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the, the joyful day when I just got my hair cut. And so it's going to look really good for the rest of today. For a day. <laughs> <laughs> and it just can change everything about your life when you're having a good hair day. Just like it having a bad vibes. hair day can yeah. change everything. <laughs> but we really are going to talk about appearances because we've been getting questions and mm-hmm. we like to try to offer what answers we can to your questions. Mm-hmm. We rarely have a definitive, authoritative, you better believe this one answer because we believe there's really not one right way to homeschool high school. Not one right way. That's right. But mm-hmm. we're your big sisters. And so mm-hmm. we have opinions, we have observations, we have experiences that can point to answers to some of your questions. And so some questions we've been getting recently are about what should homeschool high school look like? Like the practical side. Yeah. Right. Right. What should this actually look like if we're doing this in our home and we're doing it not right, but we're doing it in a good, healthy way in a, in an intentional wise way. That's not going to come back to bite us later. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. So we're going to talk about appearances a little bit today. What should things look like? What should schedules look like? What should priorities look like? What in literal practical terms each week do you want to see in homeschool high school? Yeah. So there's a lot of room for personal variety here. All right. So let's start with a very sort of a general question. We were asked what format for homeschooling high school is best. So um, format can mean a whole lot of different things. It can mean that you're uh, enrolled in a hybrid school and online classes and that pretty much all of your, your high school homeschool is happening with other teachers, other classes, um, mom or dad are not really the ones doing the teaching in the home, whatever. Mm-hmm. That, that could be one way that you could do it. But most of us probably who are homeschooling high school are doing something a little bit less than that, something a little more hands-on than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some of the formats that can work well. And we can then do some pros and cons maybe after mm-hmm. we Give a few. So, okay, Vicki, you've spent a lot of years academic advising people doing homeschool, high school, a whole bunch of different ways. What are yeah. some of the sort of categories of formats that you've seen? Yes. And, and like you said, there's not one right way. And so we'll, let's start with the most basic. So some people homeschool through high school, just homeschooling. So just the family homeschooling and very often within a family system There'll be some family, all family activities. And in fact, we just recently had a recording with Amy Sloan, who talked about a multi-generational, like how you keep teens included in on family things. So, you know, some families kind of keep it in the home the whole time. And that's, you know, it's just right for their families. And then for most of us, seven sisters, we ended up with a blend of things. So we did mm-hmm. some things at home that were special interest to our kids or just, it just was best at home. And then we did co-op classes together and we had a hoot with co-op. Yeah, and, uh, and we eventually also added 
with our homeschool umbrella school group classes. And those were so enriching for our kids. So a day or two, like the hybrid school kind of model Mm -hmm. where our kids would take whatever was interesting to them there at those classes and then did the rest on their own. And then there are the online courses. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, you know, some kids go, they'll sign up for an academy like True North Academy or Funda Funda Academy and do all of their classes through them. And that fits them or they'll, you know, pick and choose. So I, Mm -hmm. that, that looks like an interesting course. I'll do that one online. Some are online live courses and, and they do grading and tests and some are self-paced and they may have grading or they may, that may be up to the parent. And so those there's, there's teachable. In fact, we're working on some courses to release on teachable. Yes, we are. And, uh, and it has been asked for, for years. And so finally getting that up and running. Um, And those are self-paced. And then some families, according to what is friendly in their area, their local public schools or private schools will invite homeschoolers in to take special classes. And that's a um, wonderful thing when that happens. Mm-hmm, yeah, or, or do some sports or something mm-hmm. like that. And so like you, like you said, there's not one right way because we get to homeschool our kids in the way that's best for us. Yes. We kind of become resource managers rather than sole teachers. You know, we're helping to make sure our kids are educated in the way that's best for them. Yeah, yeah, excellent. And so if you're feeling overwhelmed and thinking, well, uh, the question (laughs) that was asked was what's the best format, you know, and we just listed like, what is it, Baskin Robbins, a gazillion and one flavors or whatever (laughs) it is. so let's let's do a little bit of pros and cons then to help people understand. So in a family, um, I, I think it's going to be pretty obvious to a family who wants to do everything at home, mm-hmm. who feels like that's their sweet spot. That's the that it's going to be obvious to those mm-hmm. folks that that's that's the best for them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do outside courses in order for high school to be excellent and effective and comprehensive mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, but for other people let's, what would your recommendation be um, for parents who say, well, uh, we work from home. So there's, you know, there's work hours that mom and dad are having to do within the home. So there's, there's a lot of different things to be juggled there. And um, our kid is um, very, very self-motivated, pretty mature Mm -hmm. kid, a lot on the ball. What, what do you think? Like, we still want to be homeschooling. We don't want to just enroll them someplace else, but Mm -hmm. how, how do you think, how do you think that kind of family um, might thrive? Yeah, the the pros of that is you can really get a perfect, well, in the real world, a good, a really good um, setup where the courses are really interesting and engaging for the teens. So a mixture of independent study and online courses, or, you know, if there's, if they're driving age, they could drive over to a Mm -hmm. co-op or or group classes. And uh, so the pros are you can really individualize things. The, the con is that because it's not, you're not sitting there watching everything, then you have to make sure you're staying in touch with the teens on a regular basis to make sure what needs to be done is done. 
And so, you know, we've talked on other episodes in the past about, you know, you get the buy-in at the beginning of the year, do your planning together, agree on the courses you're going to take, and then make checkpoints each week where you're checking in or daily according to the team. Some teams need a daily check-in and Mm -hmm. some will need a a weekly check-in, but to make check-in points where they're showing you what they're doing, literally not saying, oh yeah, I did it, but you know, Mm -hmm. showing you what they're doing. And, uh, and to use things, tools to teach them time management, like the yeah. scheduling backwards and smart goals so that, that it's, it's a lot of work in structure, mm-hmm. but once the team, but once the structure's there and mm-hmm. everyone's agreed to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you do that one year, then the teens internalize that and they've got a whole lifetime that they can use that accountability and time management kind of structure. So that's pros and cons that the cons mm-hmm. can be pros if you got the right attitude. About if it. you, right, right. If you come out the right way. Yeah. And I would add to that in, in that kind of situation, um, it can also be really helpful to have a couple of points of external accountability. So perhaps mm-hmm. you, um, you have somebody else do the grading of some of the major writing assignments, mm-hmm. or perhaps you have um, a tutor for some of the higher math, and maybe they're not teaching the course, but maybe they're available once a month for a, let's just go over everything and make sure you're really getting it. Because sometimes, especially if both parents are working and especially if they're working from home. And so there's mm-hmm. all of that, um, everybody having to respect everybody else's mm-hmm. workspace and need for quiet and um, interaction can be hard to stay on top of and grading mm-hmm. in particular can mm-hmm. fall by the wayside. And it is okay, you are still homeschooling your kid even if you don't grade all of the assignments that you give them, even if you have someone else help with that grading, that Mm -hmm. is okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So what are some of the pros and cons of doing a lot of things in a co-op setting? You've got social kids, social parents, you've got the freedom, either um, mom is not working or is only working part-time or uh, sets her own hours, you know, something, something that's very workable to, to go and to be and to play with others. Um, Mm -hmm. What are, what are some of the good ways to make homeschool high schooling look healthy and and be in a sweet spot when you've got lots of social? Yeah. And I I know for my family, you know, I, I worked through most of my kids high school years. And so I didn't have the freedom to do like gazillion, gazillion things, but co-op and in group classes, fortunately I was able to manage my schedule around a lot of the basics of that And for me, what that did personally, the pro there was it gave me friends. Like that's how I had my seven sisters, you know, um, that that in, in teaching or volunteering, I got a chance to be shoulder to shoulder with really cool people. And so that's, you know, one reason that, you know, we've all stayed in homeschooling community is because we got all these friends and it's, yeah. it's fun to be with our friends. Uh, so that's, that's a pro for moms. Absolutely. The, the con is um, the, the, the developing the humility of letting other people help you, you know, mm-hmm. to, to need to say, Hey, you know, I know, you know, we've got drama camp all afternoon and I don't get off work till eight and that gets over at five and can somebody bring the kid home and mm-hmm. uh, you know, that kind of thing. And fortunately I was surrounded by wonderful, gracious moms who, you know, could throw in with the community. So that was hard. 
for me because I'm a strong, independent woman. And oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. but that's, you know, that's for the mom side. That's a good, what do you think? Group classes, co-ops? I, I, I had such great experiences with, with co-ops and group classes. I think that one thing that I observed over many, many years um, is that the, I say this with all grace and love in my voice, that the dynamics amongst the moms or dads who are running the group classes uh, needs a lot of intentionality, mm-hmm. a lot of healthy building. Mm-hmm. It is um, amazing how much gets assumed when you bring uh-huh. folks together mm-hmm. and assumptions set everyone up for disaster. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important that you recognize that these are all strong, independent-minded educators coming into the into the room together. Mm-hmm. And they all have ideas about how this class is going to go or how this co-op is going to run mm-hmm. or how this umbrella school should look and behave and sound. And you need to talk to one another a mm-hmm. lot. You need to pray for one another a lot. You mm-hmm. need to look for ways to um, find win-wins in mm-hmm. a lot of situations where people are, are, they're not angry, but they're kind of stepping back a little bit and go, well, wait, I, I thought, and that's, that's you're, you're stepping into a minefield if you don't decide we're going to talk very openly about what the expectations are. So like when I taught group classes in our local umbrella school, I taught literature for a number of years to mm-hmm. a whole bunch of kids from a whole bunch of different families. And the beginning of every year, I would send a thing out in writing, in email, I would say it to the kids. And if I had a chance, I would say it to parents if they stopped to talk to me, but making it very, 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 very clear mm-hmm. that we were going to be discussing these books, that there were going to be uh, difficult themes in some of them, that there were going to be uncomfortable themes in some of them, that it was okay, that we were not going to be judging one another. We were not, mm-hmm. we were going to be encouraging the kids to think about what they mm-hmm. were reading. And I would always say, I want them to read with their brains and their spirits turned mm-hmm. on. And then if they notice something and it makes them uncomfortable and they say it and another kid in the class thinks that's stupid and didn't, doesn't see why it should make them uncomfortable, it's not going to be okay to just say, well, that's stupid. We're going to talk about how, you know, the, it's life skills. It's, yes. it's personal yes. interaction skills. Don't assume that things are going to be the way they are in your own home. Don't mm-hmm. assume that everybody's homeschool it has the same dynamic. Mm-hmm. Spell out what, what you're going to be doing from the front of the room if you're teaching mm-hmm. a class. Ask mm-hmm. questions if you have the student in the class and you're not going to be teaching it. Mm-hmm. Ask questions respectfully, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Communication is everything. So there you go. That's kind of kind of like church. Very much like church. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna at all be involved in church, you gotta use your skills. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So I think what we're getting out here is that the format for homeschooling high school that is best is the one that you have thought through, mm-hmm. the one that you've lined up against your needs mm-hmm. and your goals. Mm-hmm. for your homeschool high school. That's the format that's best. It's the one that addresses your needs and your goals. And that brings us to the desperate need for setting goals for yes. your homeschool high school. Yes. Because they're not going to set themselves. And it's surprising how many folks think that they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, a checklist for what needs to be on a transcript for the state requirements or whatever for graduation is not the same thing mm-hmm. as your goals for homeschooling mm-hmm. high school. Yeah. So yeah, if you need more on that, please visit sevensistershomeschool.com <laughs> and on the blog, Google the word goals. Yes. That's a wonderful blog post to help you set goals for homeschool yeah. high school. Yeah. 
All right, let's see. So into some more specific, how does it play out format type questions. Um, do high schoolers need to study each subject each day of school? And the short answer is no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want them to, in which case they do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's okay to have them do each subject each day. Yeah. Um, most homeschool high schoolers that I know do not do it that way. Yeah. And the truant officers are not going to swoop down and carry you away because they're not doing everything every day. Right. So, yeah, some, some kids do better if they zone in on one subject and just plow through that. So they do, a, you know, their version of block scheduling mm -hmm. where they will just say, okay, I'm doing all my history in four weeks and get a whole credit, you know, and just plow mm -hmm. through and that's, that's what's right for their kind of thinking and rhythms. And uh, some kids can't stand one thing all day long. And so they yeah. need everything every day. Uh, the reality is with our kids with co-ops and group classes, usually the day or two before, they're doing all the things for- All their homework for co-op <laughs> or group class, yes. <laughs> that's just- yep. Yeah. Well, and you know, parents are not always sensitive to the fact that if you have your kid in co-op for several hours, one day a week or in group classes, mm -hmm. it's an awful lot to also expect them to do their daily work and their independent subjects mm -hmm. on that same day. They're tired. But I, I remember having kids say to me, like, can, can you just talk to my mom and say, like, could I do two math? lessons one day so that I don't have to do math on co-op day Yeah, because I, I have to get up so early if I do it before I come. And by the time I get home, I'm really tired. Yeah, And it, you know, so it's absolutely okay to break it up. And probably yeah. most folks do. There's the occasional kid who either because of need for tremendous amount of structure, mm -hmm. because some kids are wired to need things to be exactly the same way every day for them mm -hmm. to thrive. Mm -hmm. So that's a good reason for doing the same every day. And the other is for um, a kid who is really struggling with self-discipline, um, staying on task, staying mm -hmm. on schedule. If there are sort of nugget sized bits of each subject happening every day, they're not going to fall horribly behind in any one mm -hmm. area. They're going to at least be plugging along. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as, you know, as kids learn time management and, you know, have regular check-ins with parents on what they're accomplishing they can either start the year with the schedule, you know, like Mondays should look like this and Tuesdays should look like this covering whatever subjects and then adjust it through the year yes. as, you know, reality plays itself out. You know, that we always talk about Gumby. I think Kim introduced Gumby yes. to our lives about yes. being flexible. Um, that, you know, life changes and schedules need to be modified. But if teens learn about following a schedule in high school, that's a life skill that will follow them through college oh or goodness. career. And, you know, so many of my young clients that I see in my counseling hat, you know, once they graduate high school are lost because the schedules were always, uh -huh. they just kind of plotted through life. Right. right. And they didn't have to internalize a schedule until adulthood. Yeah. And then it's a hot mess until they learn how to do that. And learning how to evaluate how's that schedule working out for you. Mm -hmm. It's a fantastic life skill because some mm -hmm. folks are, are very drawn to schedules and they create them and they rigidly following, follow them long after they have quit serving their purpose. So mm -hmm. it's also good that we're teaching our kids to, you know, try it this way for a little while. And then let's mm -hmm middle of the first quarter, let's stop and take a look. End of the first quarter, let's take another look. Is, is this really 
working mm-hmm. for us. And if mm-hmm. not, let's be wise and let's adjust. Yeah. So yeah, these are, these or are if they're, stories. they're like our seven sister, Kim, who is an ENFP. So for those <laughs> of you guys who know, Myers-Briggs folks, yeah, they, she, she can have a schedule, but mm-hmm. you better give her the freedom of changing that schedule on the spot each day yeah, because she, she needs that. She yeah. needs it. And that's yeah. okay too. Yes. Yes. All right. Let's see. Um, so we kind of went right into what, what, what does their schedule need to look like? Mm-hmm. And we can make it even a, a tiny bit more practical and specific than that because, um, pardon me, I, I think that technology is a real boon to some kids and moms for scheduling and is a real hindrance to others. Mm-hmm. So Google Calendar is great mm-hmm. if it's great. And if you're me, it's not. I am a paper calendar girl. And I know that's so weird. No, it's not. You, got, you got your bullet journals and all I those just things. love it. And, mm-hmm. and it is much more, um, it cements itself what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. If I have written it by hand in mm-hmm. a way that it doesn't, if I've typed it into my phone mm-hmm. now, Kim, we're back to seven sister Kim here, but she has a zillion notes in her phone. She has calendar in her phone. She has reminders that can go off and that works great for her. So mm-hmm. let technology be a boon in the scheduling of your homeschool. If it is, and if yeah. it's not, then write something in crayon and magnetize it to the front of your refrigerator. If that feels better to you right. and your kids, you know, yeah. Find, yeah. find a way that is a good fit for you. One, one of the links I'll put in the show notes is we asked our young high school graduates who were in college or in the workforce, what were the scheduling tools digitally mm-hmm. um, that have, have worked for them? And so we threw all of their suggestions together and put it in a blog post. So Excellent. I'll, yeah, I'll put links right. in there. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good, good. All right. And then we've been asked, oh, we could ask this one a lot, especially when you get to high school. Should this look like a high school day in a traditional school? Because it's high school now, right? So it should be more right. like real school, you know, it like normal serious. school, whatever that means. Yeah. And um, yeah. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Cause I, I'm actually a little bit on the fence on this one. So I'd love to hear what you think. How much <laughs> should just look like normal traditional high school day in a brick and mortar building? Uh, well, I think you should buy them a desk and mm-hmm. they should sit at a desk. Yeah. Face forward. Face forward. Yes. Yeah. That's and definitely how be every better. student thrives. Yeah. actually when we when we started homeschooling a gazillion gazillion years ago somebody was giving away old school desks i'm not kidding like from like the like the 60s you know i mean old and i mean they were free so i i i got two of them because that's what i could fit in my house and i thought we 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 got the thing now we're legit And I still have those darn desks because I can't get rid of like nobody wants them. So. <laughs> and you know what? There are weirdos out there who will just love it. So if you're one of those weirdos, that is okay. That's yeah. your weirdness that you like because we all got weirdnesses that are our yeah. own thing. Well, my, my kids had fun with those desks, not for doing their schoolwork, 
but they drew all over them because they noticed oh. that they came from the school, you know, like when we were mm -hmm. bad kids at school, we would write our names yep. on the desk yep. and stuff. So they just riffed on that. And those are the most decorated desks you have. So they became have. sculpture art in yes. your home. Art yes. Art object there, yes. <laughs> I hear a lot of people let less about the the incredibly uncomfortable school desks from the 60s and more about the but don't we need like a real school room or don't mm -hmm. we need doesn't each of my kids need like a workstation in mm -hmm. their bedroom or whatever mm -hmm. because um, they, they need like a more serious yes. uh, work environment and mm -hmm. uh, the reason I'm on the fence with this one is yeah, some kids do yeah, for some yeah. kids that's like a rite of passage. Like mm -hmm. they, they want to almost feel like their bedroom has become something like a dorm room might be mm -hmm. when they go to college in a few years. Yeah. And so they want their desk and their lamp with the light that comes over the right shoulder or whatever the mm -hmm. rules are that's supposed to be the best for your brain. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, for some kids, actually, that is incredibly motivating. Mm -hmm. It is empowering mm -hmm. to them. But for an awful lot, no, it doesn't need to look yeah. anything like a traditional what? school if you don't yeah. want it to. What our kids, my kids looked like in at my house through the adolescent years were they would be on the love seat or the couch in between the guitars and the piles of books and the yep. whatever else the computers and you know like and the cat. And the cat. <laughs> it was just like like it looks it looked like chaos, but it was all their things, you know, all yeah. the things were around them. But they liked the the feeling of being with the family while they were each doing their individual work. Mm -hmm. And so that worked for them. And mm -hmm. so it, it is good for each kid to have the freedom to do what yeah. they want and uh, and learn best. And yeah. that's, that's a cool thing about homeschooling, but figuring that out, you know, so some kids need the quiet and they need their space. They need their workstation. Mm -hmm. Some families we have one friend who, who the daughter was really struggling until they started just one day a week, but going to the library mm -hmm. for a three hour chunk one day mm -hmm. a week for her to get her things done that required that real focus. Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. needed to literally go someplace different and sit mm -hmm. at a table where she had to be quiet because those are the library rules. And, mm -hmm. you know, so there's, there's every, there's every mix and yeah. match. And, and within your home, if you have more than one kid, you probably are going to have variations yeah. from kid to kid. Yeah. And I have one that had to read in the bedroom with the door closed. And mm -hmm. I had another one that could not read in the bedroom with the door closed because he went to sleep if he did that. So he mm -hmm. had to read out in the living room mm -hmm. where there was enough noise and distraction to keep him from zoning out and dozing off. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's okay. There are certain subjects that I think you should encourage your teen to think about whether they will do this better on a, a table or desk surface rather than books on their lap or comfy on the couch or whatever. Um, th there are... There are definite benefits to, and I'm still this way um, with, with my work. Now, there are certain types of work that I can do in the car or on a couch or whatever, but there are certain types of work that I need to be at a traditional desk. There, there's just, so talk, talk to your kids about it. Mm -hmm. Again, just like we're encouraging you to plan what the year mm -hmm. is going to look like and to plan your format and to plan your schedule with your teens. Talk with them about how much of this maybe does need to look a little different mm -hmm. than it has in the past or than it does right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and encourage them to be their own scientists, mm -hmm. you know, to notice what works best for them. Yeah. So things that, that may have been, this is just how we do it in middle school. 
Mm -hmm. uh, once they hit those those high school years where they've got the you know a little more intense curriculum um, or more demands on their time they they can observe and say you know what I you know I love reading on the couch with everybody running around making noise and the cats climbing on me but really I actually get reading done when I'm in my room with the door closed mm -hmm. and it's quiet mm -hmm. and when teens have the the responsibility of being their own scientist, you know, like yeah. what actually is working, it's really empowering for them and another good life skill. Yeah. Now it's also good with our teens to um, make sure that they understand, especially our younger teens, our, our incoming freshmen kind of, if they're going to be involved in a co-op class or a, a group class at an umbrella school or a hybrid school, that it will be different there. Um, mm -hmm. And the, the reason that we're saying that one of the reasons that we're saying that your homeschool high school does not need to look all that much like a traditional school is because a lot of the things that have to be that way in a traditional school, it's because of the numbers. It's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of bodies in the room. There's, mm -hmm. there's management to be done. Mm -hmm. That is true if you're in a co-op class with eight kids. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly true if you're in a, an umbrella school class with 25 or 30 kids. Mm -hmm. Those things do matter. The mm -hmm. raising your hand before you, you know, I still have yes. one son who's in his thirties and he still raises his hand <laughs> in a family conversation <laughs> because he says, I was homeschooled. I didn't get to raise my hand very much. And it feels very <laughs> important to me to be called on. <laughs> oh my, but for some kids, they don't want to raise their hand. They don't want to wait. And it has never occurred to them that they need to. So a lot of the things that happen in traditional school, the, the shape and size of the desks, it's because you had to have that many students in the room and they all had to have a surface to write on. Mm -hmm. And the, um, the way class discussions work, mm -hmm. uh, the give and take and the raising hands and the waiting your turn and, and all of that, those things are all important. If you have a kid who is struggling maybe with some social skills areas, mm -hmm. um, maybe some sensitivity to how to manage oneself in a social group kind of learning environment mm -hmm. um work on those things and maybe even at home make some of those things more formal just for the practice because yeah. again those are life skills it's yeah. not about education it's not about the academics in high school it's about preparing for life as an adult yeah now my my brain is totally tracking over to all the things homeschoolers can't do homeschoolers <laughs> can't make a line yeah, on the line. Yeah, like, <laughs> yep. homeschoolers can't stand in a circle. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks something like a paramecium when they're mm -hmm. done, but nothing like a circle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, yeah. So if it, if it's a life skill, <laughs> you need them to practice doing it. Go for it. Yeah. Let's see. I'm looking at my list here. I think we've touched on the major things about people. Yeah. So if we're gonna if we're gonna kind of sum it up and bring it to a practical conclusion. Um, the appearance of your homeschool high school is extremely important for when you look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. It is not important how it looks to other people. Mm -hmm. um, Vicki's right, the truant officer is not going to come and check the details of exactly how your homeschool high school runs every day. Mm -hmm. And there are other people in your community probably who will look at and evaluate and perhaps even judge what your homeschool high school looks like but they shouldn't be doing that because that's not helpful the comparison trap is not good for anybody it's, and it's not none good of their business anybody it is none mm -hmm. of their business <laughs> but the appearance of your high school is extremely important when you and your kids 
are looking in the mirror. When you're stepping back enough to evaluate how it's going for you. Is it meeting needs and is it moving you towards your goals? Is it meeting needs and is it moving you towards your goals? Not, is it perfect? Oh my, yeah. No, no room for the P word. No, because <laughs> it's not going to be perfect ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever. But if it is moving you in the right direction toward goals that you've set, mm-hmm. and if it is meeting at least some of mm-hmm. the needs and trying to meet lots of the needs, then you're doing it right. And it looks just the way it's supposed to look. Because as GK Chesterton said, anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Yeah. (laughs) And what's so lovely is the longer you do something badly, the more you learn about ways to improve it. So you're not, yeah, you're not going to stay stuck. It's okay. We're Mm -hmm. not telling you to just blow things off. We're really, really believe in the process. Yeah. The, the, the process is where the growth is and the trusting God through the process that he's Mm going to grow you all Mm -hmm. and just keep working on it. Yeah. All right, so hopefully that is encouraging to you if you are coming close to the beginning of homeschool high school, or maybe you're a year in and you're wondering, does this look like it's supposed to look? Are we doing this right? Um, Yeah, you are. If you're asking those questions, then you are, because you're looking (laughs) at it and you're being intentional and you're trying to choose what is going to work well for your family. So you be you and encourage those around you to also do the same in their homeschools. Find what's best for them. And we hope that you will share with us ideas um, that have been helpful in formatting or in scheduling your homeschool high school, because uh, sometimes all it takes is reading what someone else mentions. You know, we tried this this year and it worked really well for the light bulb to go off and the bells to ding in your head. If you say, oh, 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 I think that's what we need to try. I think that Mm. sounds like maybe a thing. That is not the same thing as you looking around and comparing yourself and saying, well, they're doing it right. Right. Okay, so sharing ideas rather than sharing a formula. Awesome. We really want to encourage you to share your ideas because you just might inspire mm-hmm. somebody else. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that's what being sisters in homeschooling is all about. And for any mm-hmm. homeschooling brothers that we have out there too, we uh, we are all about siblings, homeschool siblings. Homeschool there we go. Siblings. There you go. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, please share your ideas in social media or comments on the blog at Seven Sisters. And if you are looking for more information and ideas and curriculum resources for homeschooling and high school, head on over to sevensistershomeschool.com. You will find many wonderful things there and uh, we hope to be an encouragement to you. So thank you for tuning into this episode and we hope you will avail yourself of more episodes on the Homeschool High School podcast from sevensistershomeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. 